Let's talk podcasting and live streaming. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. You have a great website, right? Well, make sure you host it at some place that doesn't suck. Hey, it's Brad Newman, fellow VO Pro for 28 years and owner of UpperLevelHosting.com. People ask why us, and that's simple. We make it easy, respect your time, save you money, and just make all the magic happen. You don't need to know all the tech stuff when it comes to hosting your website. We got you. Ask around tens of thousands of client interactions later and six years of amazing customer service and not a single negative complaint ever. UpperLevelHosting.com. The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur. Hello, and welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur, offering up some more actionable, practical advice in what will be the final installment of the Tools series. I've really enjoyed being able to bring this series to you, and feedback for it has been pretty positive. Everybody's curious about the different tools that I'm using to run my voiceover business day in and day out. And so hopefully the different things that I've shared over the last number of episodes has been helpful to you. Just before we get to this week's episode, I want to remind you that voiceover marketing playbook version 3.0 is coming. I am so excited about this one. Even as I'm working on this podcast, I'm getting closer to finishing the update on the course and can't wait to deliver the content to you. If you need help with your voiceover marketing, This is the course that is going to help you. It is a step-by-step, easy-to-follow video course that is going to teach you how to find your own voiceover leads, build your own client base, and become the consistently working voice actor that you want to be. Playbook is going to be available from April 11th through the 20th, 2023. Again, fully and completely overhauled and updated for 2023. You'll be able to find the details at voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. That's voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. Actually, while I've been working on playbooks, some of the tools that uh, I mention in this episode have been helping me to put together Playbook 3.0. I want to talk to you today about podcasting and live streaming, which are two different things that have become an integral part of my business. And I know that there are a lot of voice actors out there doing podcasts. It's always a pleasure when I get invited to be on one of them. Maybe you're thinking about starting a podcast for yourself. And I know that YouTube is a pretty popular platform. You know, there, there, there may be one or two people that are on that website and, and using that uh, platform. So it might be a place worth thinking about spending a little bit of time. So I wanted to talk just a little bit about some of the hardware and software that I'm using, both for my podcasting and for my live streaming. So let's start with podcasting. I've already talked about my studio. So you can go back and revisit the studio episode of the Tools series, and I'll link that in the show notes if you want to find out a little bit about some of the equipment that I'm using in my studio. But I do get asked about what I'm using to host my podcast. So I settled on Podbean a number of years ago. Uh, If for no other reason, then I actually reached out to Paul Stefano, who is the host of the VO Meter podcast, and said, hey, where are you hosting your podcast? And Paul said, Podbean. And I was like, all right, well, if it's good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. And so uh, I researched some of the different platforms a little bit, but Podbean seemed to have everything that I needed. And so that was ultimately where I decided to go. So that is where the actual episodes get hosted. From Podbean, they then get distributed to all of the various and assorted platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, 
my own VOPreneur.com website, whatever. And one of the reasons why I really liked Podbean is because it made that process really, really easy. So if you are thinking about creating a podcast and you are looking for a good place to host it, I would say that Podbean has been really good for me. Now, there are some other different options that are out there that are available. Uh, Some of them are probably a little bit lower cost than Podbean, but it does have a lot of nice features that are built into it. Some great analytics. Like I said, it makes distribution really easy. It makes embedding your podcast onto your website really easy. Uh, Posting and publishing episodes is pretty straightforward. So uh, that was the big thing for me was I was looking for ease of use. Now, when it comes to recording the podcast, there are two different tools that have become really invaluable to me. So when I first started doing interviews on the podcast, which by the way, the interviews are coming back next week. uh, When I first started doing interviews on the podcast, I relied a lot on cleanfeed.net. Really simple, easy to use platform through your browser, works best with Google Chrome, uh, and it allows you to record an interview. You're on one channel, Your interview guest is on the other channel, which can make for some really easy editing if you need to, which, I mean, that was a huge thing for me. And the platform worked really great. And so I've used CleanFeed for the vast majority of the interviews that I've ultimately done on this podcast, much to the dismay of Armin from Bedalgo, who, of course, when I did my interview with Armin, he made me record on the Bedalgo call platform, which... Worked really great too. So definitely another option that you might want to look into is Bedalgo Call. I would say late in the fall of 2022, I decided that I was going to step up a little bit and I had this bright idea that I was going to start recording video versions of the podcast that I was going to post on my YouTube channel because I've been really working hard at doubling down my efforts on YouTube and thought, hey, if I had a video version of the podcast, that would certainly help with some really great content for YouTube. And so I did some research about where I could go to do that, and ultimately I settled on Riverside.fm. Again, a very easy-to-use platform, very intuitive. It allows you to record video. It allows you to bring in guests. You get your video file, which is great. You can edit it right from within Riverside if you need to or want to, and then post it to whatever different platforms you choose to do. But it also gives you individual tracks for all of the guests that you are interviewing, which is really handy as well. Again, for editing purposes, if, you know, something happens and you needed to edit out one side of the interview and not the other side of the interview, having that split track, that is absolutely invaluable from an editing standpoint. And so Riverside gives me the ability to do that really easy. Uh, Like I said, platform, pretty straightforward, very simple to work with and runs very well through Google Chrome. Now. As much as I had great intentions for doing video versions of the podcast, uh, as it stands at this point, that has not happened. All of the interviews that I have recorded with Riverside.fm, I have the videos for. Uh, I've just never actually had the time to sit down and, and do the video versions. So maybe that will be something that comes one day in the future, maybe not. But in the meantime, just having the ability to record split track with multiple guests is an advantage because I do have some ideas for some episodes where I might like to have more than one guest. And so CleanFeed, with the free version of CleanFeed anyway, it only allows you to record one additional split track. So host on one track, all guests on another track. So I could bring in multiple people, but if let's say I was interviewing three people, all three of them would be on one track. As opposed to if I bring them on Riverside, I'm on a track and each one 
of the three guests would be on their own individual track as well, which again, from an editing standpoint, makes life a breeze. So Podbean for the host, uh, Riverside.fm for recording, and then cleanfeed.net is my backup. And of course, Bedoggle Call is always there if I need it. So those are the main tools that I am using for the Everyday Vopreneur podcast. And recently, I started working a little bit with an editor as well, which was always one of the goals was to be able to get to work with an editor because, well, as I said before, with the video side of things, I just don't have as much time as I need to do all of the things that I need to do. And so uh, being able to work with an editor has, has been kind of nice. And so that's something that I think as any podcaster is always a goal to move towards is being able to bring an editor into the mix to gain back some of your time. So you can focus on the aspects of the podcast that you're really good at, like maybe planning out your episodes, planning out your interviews, all of that sort of stuff. I do keep a spreadsheet. It's in numbers. I'm a Mac guy uh, that I map out all of my episodes for the year. So that's very helpful as well. And I track all of my podcast episodes from a project management standpoint in Asana. And I talked about that in an earlier episode of the tools series where I talked about my tools for time management. So I won't go into that too much here. So that's the podcasting side of things. Then we flip over to live streaming. I have been doing Free Advice Friday for, I don't even know. I've been doing Free Advice Friday for quite a while, uh, but it originally started in my Facebook group, in the Vopreneur Facebook group. There are two things that changed my approach to Free Advice Friday in the Facebook group. The first thing, which I'm sure many of you will be aware of, I've talked about this before, was when I kept getting put in Facebook jail. Uh, and it seemed pretty obvious that somebody was doing it maliciously and, and intentionally to try to get me banned because uh, I wasn't doing anything wrong. And ultimately, Facebook realized that and, and they brought me back. But I went through a stretch where I was consistently getting banned for a week at a time. And, it, and you know, that lasted four or five weeks. And so I was not able to do Free Advice Friday in the Facebook group, which was really frustrating. So that's when I started looking at other options. The other thing was as much as Facebook tells you that they want video on the platform and they want live streaming on the platform and all of that sort of fun stuff. They do not give a lot of organic reach to live streaming. And so I had 5,000 people in the Vopreneur Facebook group and sometimes only five or six people were watching the live streams. And it used to be a lot higher, but, but as it went on, it was less and less and less. And Maybe that's just a, a product of the content and maybe people just aren't interested in Free Advice Friday. I mean, I suppose that's a possibility, but it felt more like this was just a product of Facebook continuing to squash organic reach. And so that was another reason why I was looking for an alternative. And so ultimately, I decided that I was going to flip over to YouTube and I have enjoyed live streaming on YouTube and the feedback that I have gotten from people who do watch and participate in Free Advice Friday is that YouTube is actually a better platform for it as well. So great. So I'm going to double down my efforts on on YouTube. This was a decision I made last fall. I uh, I started watching a lot of YouTube videos on live streaming and ways that I can improve my live streaming setup, ways that I could make it look more visually appealing, you know, make it sound better, all of that sort of stuff. And uh, on Black Friday uh, last year, Black Friday 2022, I spent a lot of money. Uh, I, I had some interesting conversations with my wife because I, I probably spent almost $4,000 on equipment to be able to do YouTube live streams. 
And so try justifying $4,000 in equipment to do YouTube live streams that are free advice Friday. <laughs> so, so literally spending $4,000 to provide free live streams on Friday afternoons on YouTube. It, it seems kind of ridiculous, but at the same time, I was having fun. And I know that the quality of those live streams has gotten better. Those investments that I made to improve my live streaming capability are what allowed me to be able to do things like bringing guests on to Free Advice Friday, which has become a popular feature of Free Advice Friday. And certainly it's helped me to improve the visual look of Free Advice Friday and improve the audio quality of Free Advice Friday as well. So there were some things that I purchased in order to be able to make that happen. So these are not things that I would say are essential for anybody that wants to do live streaming, but people do ask about the setup. And so I wanted to share with you what I had so that you could think about it for yourself. And maybe some of these tools will be things that you ultimately add into the mix. So let's start with the software because that was the first thing that I bought. A lot of people talk about OBS. Uh, maybe you've heard of OBS before. Maybe you've used OBS before, but it is, is software that allows you to do live streaming and do switching and change cameras and scenes and all of that sort of stuff. And, and I, I attempted to play around with OBS, but I found it really clunky and confusing. And maybe that's just me because I know that it's insanely popular. I just didn't find it to be the most user-friendly software. And so I went off in search of something that maybe was a little bit more user-friendly and that is when I discovered Ecamm Live. Now that is Mac only software, but it is stinking amazing. So if you have watched any of my live streams uh, since Thanksgiving, basically, um, and that includes the 12 voiceover gifts of Christmas, every free advice Friday, uh, you have seen what Ecamm Live is capable of. Thinking of the 12 voiceover gifts of Christmas, Lots of different backgrounds, lots of different scenes, adding in things, you know, having Joe Cipriano appear on the show, uh, Marissa and, and Vanessa doing their song in the show, Santa Claus made a special appearance on the show, you know, all of these sorts of things uh, were made possible through Ecamm Live, which is really, really sweet streaming software. And so that was the platform that I decided to set on. But here was the problem. Once I made the investment in Ecamm Live and actually started playing around with it and having some fun, I was like, ooh, this is really fun and this has a lot of potential and there's a lot of capability in this, this platform. Uh, I should probably buy some other stuff so that I can improve all the other aspects of my live streaming capabilities as well. And so that was when I went on a little bit more of a, a bigger shopping spree. Uh, so I purchased a Rodecaster Pro 2, mostly and I'm not afraid to admit this, not ashamed to admit this, mostly because of the blinking lights. It's It's got a lot of really fun lights on it. Um, I probably didn't need the Rodecaster Pro 2. Don't let my wife hear me say that. Uh, you know, I've got, how many different interfaces do I have in here already from changing my interfaces over the years? But, but again, if you look at that thing and the, if you look at the lights on it, oh my gosh, it looks so much fun. And so I, I did decide to add one of those into the mix for an audio interface strictly for my live streaming, and I use it on my Zoom calls as well. So it is not in my studio. It is not in the booth, I should say. Uh, and so along with that, I also picked up a Rode Procaster, which is the microphone. You've probably seen that microphone. I, I had my HyperX Quadcast, which was the microphone that glowed orange. Uh, a lot of people commented on that from videos that I've done in the past, live streams that I've done in the past. You know, it's, it sounds okay, but it, it wasn't quite what I was hoping for. And so that was where I ultimately decided to go with the Rode uh, Procaster. 
combined with the Rodecaster Pro, which gets really confusing, by the way, uh, those two things, I think, sound great. And so that made a huge difference in the quality of the sound on my live streams, or at least I think it made a huge difference in the quality of the sound on the live streams. And then I picked up a relatively affordable, you know, like a $50 pair of in-ear monitors. Uh, so I can wear those in-ear monitors when I'm doing live streaming. So it's just a little bit nicer than a big clunky set of headphones. Uh, so that takes care of the audio side of the live streaming. On the video side of the live streaming, there's definitely still some improvements that are waiting to be made. Uh, but the biggest thing that I did was I picked up a set of Elgato key lights. These are really expensive lights. Um, and I probably could have found some cheaper lights, but in all of the research that I was doing, I just consistently saw really good reviews on them. And so I decided I don't want to fart around. Let me just get something good. And then I know that it's taken care of. So I picked up a set of Elgato key lights. I've got two of them. They are mounted to my desk. They shine down and they provide much better lighting than I ever had before for live streaming and also for my Zoom calls. Now, I get a lot of comments on the, you know, bluey purple background uh, that, that appears behind me. And that was actually done through lighting as well uh, with a couple of Govi tower lights. Nothing fancy. Uh, those tower lights work fantastic. I can make them any color that I want, but the blue and purple kind of seem to work as a decent background. And so those literally just sit beside me. You can't see them, but they sit beside me and just shine at the wall. And that gives the effect that there's, you know, this bluey purple glow behind me, which is kind of fun. Uh, lighting is something that I still have a lot to learn on. I've, I've, I've realized that you could spend a, a lot of money uh, trying to set up lighting for your live streaming. But I also know that I had really, really, really bad lighting before. So I would not say that I have perfect lighting yet, but I've definitely got better lighting, which has been a, a huge help. And then the other thing that I picked up was an Elgato Stream Deck. Um, maybe you've seen these things before. They are so cool. Ecamm Live actually comes with the ability to change scenes, to change overlays. So by overlays, it's like um, when my name pops up on the screen on Free Advice Friday, or you see uh, you know, a, a visual for my Making Money with LinkedIn Masterclass pops up on the screen on Free Advice Friday. Those are overlays. And then the scenes are, you know, there's a scene where it's just me on the screen, where I can click a button, and then there's two people on the scene, right? Me and my guest or whatever. So Ecamm Live comes with built-in functionality to do all of that sort of stuff. And it works really, really great, but it's not as much fun as a Stream Deck. Um, Stream Deck, absolutely indulgent purchase. I, I, I don't deny it. Uh, it just looked cool. And I was like, oh, I can have this little thing that sits in front of me and I can just program it to the buttons that I want. And, and so then I don't have to try to find the, the right button to click on the screen or whatever. And so it's a, it, it's a 15 button little box that sits on my desk now and I can customize the buttons to do whatever I want during a live stream. But actually, here's another thing that I learned, again, from watching YouTube videos. I actually have a different setting on my stream deck for when I'm not live streaming that is just for my work setup. And so I actually program my stream deck to open a lot of the common apps and documents that I use throughout the day. Spreadsheets that I use for my content calendar, uh, spreadsheets that I use for my mastermind group, certain apps that I refer back to multiple times throughout the day or whatever. And so rather than having to have all those shortcuts on my desktop or in a menu bar or something like that on my computer, I can actually program buttons on my stream deck. And so then I can just boom, 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 hit a button, get anything I want. So 
Again, it was one of those things that I probably didn't need to have, but I really wanted to have. I got a thing for buttons that do stuff. What can I tell you? Uh, but that was that was definitely another asset that came into the mix for live streaming. Now, I would love to tell you that I've got a beautiful DSLR or mirrorless camera that I use for my live streaming. That is the one purchase that I haven't made yet. I'm still trying to decide what I want. I'm doing a lot of research. You can spend a lot of money. I have learned that very quickly. Like, you know, some of these guys are streaming with like $3,500 mirrorless cameras. I don't know that I want to spend that much money. Again, I'm doing free live streams here. Uh, but I definitely would like to upgrade the camera at some point. But just to prove to you that you don't need to have the fanciest equipment in order to be able to do any of this stuff, uh, my live streaming camera right now is just a simple Logitech 920 webcam. That's it. It's like, what, a $100 webcam maybe? I don't even know. Uh, it's old. It's an old webcam. I know that. Um, but when I first started doing my live streams for Free Advice Friday, when I was doing them on Facebook, I was literally live streaming from my phone. That's it. I put my phone on a tripod and hooked up a little external lapel microphone. And then eventually I added a ring light into the mix. And so now my phone sat inside of a ring light and I used an external microphone. And I did Free Advice Friday like that for years. And so I just say that to say it's nice to be able to upgrade over time, but it is not necessary to have all of the fanciest equipment in the world in order to be able to do a live stream. So I think that sometimes we let those barriers become the excuses that hold us back from taking steps that we'd really like to take. If you are interested in doing live streaming for whatever reason, you don't have to have a Rodecaster Pro 2. You don't have to have Elgato key lights. You don't have to have Ecamm Live in order to get started. I started with my phone. That was it. And even now, I'm still just streaming with a webcam. It was more important to me with the initial upgrades that I got my sound right. And then, you know, I can always improve the video later. And I don't think at this point that anybody would ever say watching one of my Free Advice Friday live streams, uh, Mark, you're, you're your camera is too crappy. I don't think anybody would know the difference. It, this is the setup that I used when I did my uh, webinar, my Home Studio Basics webinar with Uncle Roy. And I am actually planning on doing more free webinars like that on YouTube uh, for 2023. And so this is the setup that I'm going to be using to do all of this stuff. And so, you know, it doesn't have to be super fancy, but it is nice to be able to upgrade over time. So there you go. If you are thinking at any point of adding podcasting or video live streaming into the mix, those are some of the pieces of equipment that I'm using. So again, it's it's podbean.com for my host for the podcast. Riverside.fm is what I'm recording my interviews in, uh, but you could use CleanFeed, which is free if you wanted to use that to get started. And then for my live streaming setup, Ecamm Live, which I absolutely love. And if you are a Mac user that wants to do live streaming, Ecamm Live is something that you have to check out. It's just crazy how much that software will let you do and how easy to use and intuitive I, I found that software to be. Not to mention the fact, of course, that anything you need to know and learn, you can certainly find by watching a YouTube video. Uh, then there was the Elgato Key Lights and the Govi tower lights for some extra lighting and a little bit of ambiance, uh, my Elgato Stream Deck, and then the Rodecaster Pro 2 is the interface that I use for my streaming, and the Rode Procaster 
is the microphone that I use for streaming. And then just a pair of in-ear monitors, which actually those have become one of my favorite things. I use those in-ear monitors for a lot of stuff now, just because, you know, when you're doing a lot of Zoom calls for in, in particular throughout the day, I might do eight different Zoom meetings in a day for coaching sessions with voice actors. I don't want to have to wear headphones all the time. I find it very uncomfortable after a while. So those in-ear monitors actually work really great. As always, with any of these Tool Series episodes, if you want to see any of the equipment that I have talked about, everything will be linked for you in the show notes, so you'll be able to check that out. And this concludes the Tools Series. I'm sure there are probably some other episodes that I could have created, but, you know, maybe it's something that we'll revisit later on. Maybe I'll do it over the course of the summer or something like that. But for now, uh, these are some of the essential tools that I am I'm using to run my voiceover business. And so I hope you've enjoyed these episodes and maybe picked up a tool, a resource, an app, a service, or something like that that's going to help you as you move forward in your voiceover business. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you've enjoyed the tool series, if you've got a tool that I need to use, if you've got some other cool thing that you're using for live streaming or podcasting. I, I would love to hear about it. So uh, take a picture, post it in your Instagram stories and make sure that you tag me at Mark Scott. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The VoiceAmp player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at VoiceAmp.com slash Mark Scott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit VoiceAmp.com slash Mark Scott. And see. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.